an Olympic update on the show. Yeah, PT Pinecast at the Paralympics. All right, here's the deal. Back in 2019, we got a chance to talk to USA rugby team member Chuck Aoki. I, an admitted Olympics and Paralympics geek, was so excited at having Chuck on for some cool behind-the-scenes insights. A lot of things I wanted to ask him was really fun for me. We're re-releasing that episode. A little throwback for you. I also asked him one question that had always been on my mind, and I just never felt comfortable enough to ask anybody. But Chuck was super chill, made me comfortable enough to ask, and it had to do with the terms Olympian versus Paralympian. It's in the episode. You hear me ask the question. Chuck gives a great answer. Chuck, just for background, has a crazy wheelchair rugby resume and Paralympic experience. Two-time Paralympian, 16, 12, plus this year, which makes him three-time Paralympian. Two-time medalist. He's got a bronze. He's got a silver this year in Tokyo. And we go in gold, Chuck. He's also, on top of being a 2020 participant, he is one of two U.S. Olympic flag bearers selected to carry the red, white, and blue in Tokyo. Congratulations again to Chuck Aoki as we look back on a throwback episode with him on PT Pinecast. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. Tokyo 2020 Paralympics are right around the corner. And if you all out there, go to your local NBC outlets, go talk to all the sports media you know and say, listen, Paralympics are coming. These are awesome events. We want you to cover them. We want to see these. We want content. We want to see wheelchair rugby. We want to see wheelchair basketball. We want to see track, et cetera. The awareness and the, the coverage across the country, the United States is going to grow so much and it's going to be embraced by the world over it. You know, I hope everyone can um, really push for that and drive to get that coverage because if they know they want it, they'll make it happen, yeah. you know, and now now is the time. Hey, just a quick message before we get started here today. Uh, we've got a new podcast out. It's called NPTE StudyCast. Real brief, because all the episodes are real brief. Short, to-the-point episodes to help students prepare for the NPTE, like one episode on heart disease, an episode on biceps tendonitis, all between three and nine minutes, just what you need to know, all right? So if you're looking to pass the NPTE or if you're a practicing PT, you just need to bone up, you got a, a patient on your schedule that you've haven't seen in a while. Take a listen. Recorded with clinical experts, free online, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are heard. NPTE StudyCast. That show brought to you by our friends at Arius Medical Staffing. Can't say enough about them. The leaders in travel physical therapy. If you want to do what you want to do, which is be a PT, be a great PT, do it where you want to do it. And Arius, they know where the jobs are, short-term or long-term. Find out more at AURESmedical.com. Audience, how we doing today? Uh, I'm excited because the Olympics are coming up. I geek out. I admit it. I'm a complete fool when it comes to anything Olympic. But I really wanted to highlight some Paralympic athletes and Paralympians. So I get to bring on Chuck Aoki today. Chuck Aoki is uh, a two-time medalist in wheelchair rugby. Do not confuse it with murder ball. Well, actually, you should be confused because it used to be called murder ball and now it's wheelchair rugby. Ch Chuck gets into that. But I really love it. I get completely behind the pageantry of the Olympics. And then, of course, a couple of weeks later, the Paralympic Games follow. And as a physical therapist, maybe you're like me, I'm more engrossed in that. I, I wanna know more about their stories, uh, how they train with their uh, abilities and uh, the equipment behind it as well, in including the variations of the different levels and different sports. So I decided to just start reaching out to Paralympians and Chuck's the uh, the first one who, uh, who I reached out to. First person to say yes, we grabbed him on the show. He talks all about his sport, what it's like getting ready for an Olympic Games, and he's got a bronze. 
He's got a silver. I want to know what color the Americans are taking home at this Olympics in Tokyo. So we get into that with Chuck Aoki. Take a listen. This guy's awesome. Episode brought to you by Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment that you need if you want to apply it in your clinical practice. Along with some research, if you're questionable about it, they've got that on the website as well. They put it right out there. OwensRecoveryScience.com is where you can find out more right now. Take a listen. Here's Chuck Aoki on the show. The best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Welcome aboard. This is the PT Pinecast. Here's your host, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. The best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. The next episode of PT Pinecast begins right now. On the phone with me, uh, two-time United States Paralympian and uh, who's still searching for gold, man, Chuck Aoki. Chuck, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for having me on. Before we hit record a second ago, I actually said, I was like, listen, the reason I really wanted to talk to you is I'm a complete, I'm a dork when it comes to the Olympics. I just, I geek out over <laughs> it whenever it's coming up. And, and I remember, you know, in the, in the winter games when they were on, you know, almost two years ago and, and watching the Paralympic winter games and thinking, I wish they did some more stuff on inside the games. You know, I was watching some, mm-hmm. some, some skiing and cross country skiing and, and being a physical therapist, in my background, I was like, Hey, tell me more about the ski. I want to know how this athlete trains right. because they're all, you know, there's different classification systems so mm-hmm. what you're training for in wheelchair rugby because that's your sport murder ball we'll yep. get into that <laughs> uh, is completely different from athlete to athlete because of classifications so uh so first of all yeah i definitely want to mention uh you've got the silver you got the bronze we know what color it's going to look in 2020 right <laughs> yes sir Perfect. Ball, man. awesome so let's start with uh, with what brought you to wheelchair rugby, and then I want to get into the sport, man. So what what led you to this thing? Yeah, for sure. So um, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm a kid from Minnesota. I love it. And I grew up with a disability. I basically used a wheelchair uh, since I was about 10 years old, and I can talk more in detail about sort of what led me to uh, use that full-time at, at, at 10. But I grew up playing wheelchair basketball, which, you know, I liked it as a fun sport. I had a lot of friends, shoot hoops, but, you know, I never – nothing. It was, it, was, it, was, it was fun. I had a great time, but I was always like, oh, I'm, I'm missing something here, you know, and then I – I saw in 2004, like you referred to this movie called Murder Ball, and it was about the 2004 Paralympic team. And I saw these guys in wheelchairs smashing each other, knocking each other around and going flying and partying. And, you know, 15-year-old me is like, I want to do that. <laughs> Hell yeah. That looks fun. <laughs> and my mom was like, uh, no, you're not, you're not playing that sport. Absolutely not. And so, you know, kind of we back and forth over the course of the year. Can I try it? No, come on, just a little bit. No, no, no. And finally, you know, I, I think I wore her down basically, you know. And so my dad drove me to a local practice in Minnesota and they took me there and I got in the chair and I was, you know, I was like five feet tall, 120 pounds, soaking wet. And they, you know, we're talking about ex-football players. Guys look at me and go, you want to play? I'm like, yeah, I want to play. They're like, all right, sounds good. So they got me in a chair and we started pushing around. I got smashed in the walls. I went flying out of a chair. I went everywhere just you know total chaos just getting beat up basically for two hours straight um and as we're driving home my dad kind of looks at me you know kind of that apprehensive look and is like so what'd you think and i was like i was awesome i loved it yeah oh. um and so it was you know the second i got hit i think i was hooked you know and so i went on to uh but if you're in minnesota i moved down to uh tucson arizona to play a few years there 
And then um, now I'm here in uh, Denver, uh, Colorado, playing wheelchair rugby. So, like you said, I've been on the Paralympic team for a couple of years and the, or a couple of cycles, and I'm just I'm training for uh, gold in Tokyo. Tokyo in 2020. You're looking uh, August 25th to uh, September 6th. Now, it's uh, how how does it work in terms of the 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 timing? The team's already qualified. You guys are in already, right? That that came across. We are not actually qualified yet officially. We have our um, we have our Parapan American Games coming up in Peru at the end of August. Um, and we actually have to qualify there technically. Um, and so if we if we win that tournament, we'll qualify. And if we don't win that tournament, there is a, a secondary chance to qualify. And I think we're ranked number two in the world right now. So we, we like our chances, but you know, you're not you're not in until you're in. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's let's pay attention. Let's pay attention here on the on the goal. Uh, so yeah. so walk walk everybody through the, the, the sport who hasn't seen murder ball. And listen, if you're looking for a good movie, like a good doc that followed just like like the reason that movie was good is it had really good characters Absolutely, playing a yeah. thing that was kind of really compelling. And of course, every dude out there is like, yeah, they're beating the crap out of each other. That's cool. Um, so walk people through wheelchair rugby, what it looks like, how many people and how you score and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, um, it, it, you know, it starts very simple premise. You know, it's four, we play at four and four on a basketball court. Um, we've got two go, two cones on either end of the court. You, and all you have to do to score is cross between the uh, cones with the ball. Sounds simple enough, right? Mm-hmm. You know, pretty easy. Um, but unfortunately it's not quite as simple as that. It's the only completely full contact wheelchair sport. So that means is if a guy's got the ball, your job is to stop him. And so that means smash into him, knocking him over, doing everything you possibly can in your uh in your power to just to, to just basically destroy the guy with the ball wow. uh, hence why they initially called it murder ball uh back in the day and then they've we've moved away from that as we become a little more corporate and sponsors for some reason they like murder ball i don't know why <laughs> um but then it's got, it's got several timing rules there's an inbound similar to basketball you have to uh cross half court in every 12 seconds you need to um pass a dribble every 10 seconds uh, there's a score clock, very similar to basketball as well. We have to score every 40 seconds, keeps the game moving real fast. Play four eight-minute quarters, and then, um, yeah, at the end of the game, whoever's winning, uh, whoever's most points wins, and you score one point at a time. So it's, uh, it's a pretty simple game, but I like to say it's uh, high-speed chess. You know, it looks like guys just smash into each other, but there's actually tons and tons of strategy. We, um, we spend hours watching film, breaking down other teams tendencies the way they move the way they dip in and out it's uh it's a pretty sweet sport wow uh when you're when you're moving with the ball are, are you tucking that at an arm because you gotta you know you've got to operate a wheelchair and propel that yeah. straight so where, where, where are you tucking that it's a great question yeah so the ball sits on our lap everybody's chair is designed a little bit differently on wheelchair rugby and i should probably mention quickly we have two kinds of athletes you know you alluded to classification um we have what we call midpoint to high point players, and we have low point players. Low pointers have a lot less function, typically high spinal cord injuries, uh, C4, C5. Um, and as you move into mid, mid-function players, we're talking C6, C7, and then high pointers are C7s and often amputees of some kind or unique disabilities like myself. Um, so we just put the ball in our lap, basically, and carry it. You get back to the original question quick. And then the mid and high pointers are the ones doing most of carrying the ball, most of scoring. Um, and the uh, the low-point players are kind of like offensive linemen in football is the way I think about it. They're setting a lot of picks, yeah. they're opening things up, and they're really they're doubling the other team's best player. And it's, uh, it's a quite a strategic game. Yeah, it moves quick too, man, and uh, it does draw you in with the with the smashing in. But if that's all it was, it wouldn't be much of a sport. So it is that high speed right. chess. Talk to us a little bit about the equipment. You say the chairs are, are all you know kind of different, but there's some stuff yeah. on the front to protect the legs, and the, the wheels are really cambered, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the wheelchair rugby, like you said, it's full contact. So uh, you need a chair that can uh, that take can a take the beating. So. 
yeah, everybody's chair, particularly at the national team level, is custom built for that person. They've got about 50 different measurements they do, everything from like the way you're angled in the seat, the way the wheels are angled, like you said, the length of the chair, the height of the seat, the little front, the front casters, everything is, is specific to that player. Um, and then, as I mentioned, we have high point players and low point players. So high point players have a chair that's basically got a big guard in the front, you know, kind of a, and they've got, and it's, it's a big, huge bumper basically that just allows you to smash through guys, right? It's, it's built to get around as quickly as possible. Uh, but also to sort of, you know, exert as much uh, force and damage as you can as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then low point players have what we call a picker on the front. And it's a specially designed front end that essentially is able to hook right into the front of a uh, offensive player's chair and hold them. And so that's sort of the, the balance we have of the uh, balancing out the classification. Those low point players use those hooking chairs because a guy can be flying on the court and then a picker just sinks his pick his hook into it and boom, that guy's done. You know, he can't get off of it. And he's got to fight through it and so it's um we've got the two different chairs we call them offensive chairs and defensive chairs um but they're like i said they're they're completely unique to each player no one player has the same chair um and and they take a beating you know we uh we cycle through them every couple of years just because the sport is so uh so physical yeah if you uh you want to follow chuck uh on uh, twitter it's aoki five chuck that's a-o-k-i five chuck when i look at your chair i just i think of of the movie gladiator i mean your thing just looks like a chariot <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, it really is, you know, and you become you become really attached to it, you know. You I spend, you know, hours and hours in that thing, training, uh, like I said, playing scrimmaging at our practices, playing games, you know, it's uh they're they're built I tell everybody they're built for combat, man. You know, they're not for the uh they're not for the faint of heart. It's yeah. um and the chair actually ends up taking more of the beating than you the person does because the way they're designed. Like you'll get hit and knocked over, but the chair just gets beat up. Yeah, I mean it's come a long way since the, the chair design and since since murder yeah. ball in that movie, and that's probably good yeah. for the athletes' bodies. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we used to have guys would literally when they first started playing, they would play in, you know, everyday wheelchairs. So guys would have their feet sticking out, they would fall over and go flying like actually physically flying out of their chairs, you know, and I think at some point they said to themselves, this is, this is someone's going to get really hurt doing yeah. this. We need to be a little more careful. So, you know, now we're belted in, we're strapped in, we're locked in as, you know, we're locked in as tight as we can in the chair so that we move, uh, we move all as one unit, basically, you know, as the chair, you can turn just a little bit and the whole chair moves. They're, uh, they're pretty well-oiled machines. That's cool. Sleeves. I noticed a lot of pictures I see you online, you're wearing kind of the, the sleeves from elbow up. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I wear the sleeves for a couple of different reasons. Uh, one they, um, they, they, the main reason actually is because I don't actually have any sensation in my arms. Like from my elbows down, I, I feel nothing. Like I don't have any sensation. Can't feel pain, heat, anything. So when I'm pushing, a lot of times when you go to stop the chair, your arms go down onto the wheels kind of as a natural braking mechanism to stop really fast. And you can imagine if you're flying down the court as fast as you can push, you do that, your arms going to get torn apart real fast. So the sleeves are there mainly for, uh, for protection, you know, to kind of prevent any injuries. And they also provide a little bit of support. Uh, as well, you know, kind of to the to the muscle a little bit, but they're mainly there to make sure your arms, you know, don't you don't come out looking like you're an actual gladiator after the end right. of a match. <laughs> right, right. I read about that. Your condition is it's elbows and, and knees down, correct? Is is where the the sensation loss, uh, the neuropathies are. Correct. Yeah, I don't have any. You know, to get super scientific, I don't have any myelin on my peripheral nerves, so there's no. Uh, you know, when something happens to that part of my body, there's no no signal gets sent to my brain, and so I just kind of. It's as though it's as though it never happened for me unless I see it happen. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, that's basically what led me to use a chair. I would when I was really little, I used to walk, um, but I broke my leg when I was I think five years old and walked on it because I couldn't feel it. Wow, you know, and uh, until my mom was like, "Your knee is really big," and I was like, "Okay," and she's like, "We should go see the doctor." And sure enough, I'd you know broken my femur, which I'm sure you as a PT knows that's a, that's a that's a task to do to yes. break the femur, and then 
and continue to walk on it. So, yeah. The PT Pinecast will be right back. Want to thank Brooks Rehabilitation, their Institute of Higher Learning, for sponsoring the show. Uh, residency and fellowship opportunities is what they offer. Check them out at brooksihl.org. Also hosting their fourth annual scholarly symposium that's going on June 22nd in Jacksonville, Florida. Information about the symposium can be found at brooksihl.org. Keynote presentation this year by the uh, editor of PTJ, Alan Jetty. I'll be on hand doing some talks and some live podcasting. Looking for CEUs and to expand your knowledge base? Look no further than brooksihl.org. Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. This is the PT Pinecast. So looking ahead to Tokyo 2020, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, Chuck. Focus <laughs> focus on yeah. qualifying first, all right? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> looking ahead to ch- just the games in general. Uh, you know, as I alluded to, I'm a little bit of a, a little, just a huge super fan of, of the games in general. And when I say games, I mean the Olympic and Paralympic games, the Special Olympic games. I, ju- I get caught up in it, man. I cry oh, yeah. for weeks. I just, I love the pageantry. <laughs> I just love it. What do you yeah. wish everybody out there watching knew about Paralympians? What's the things that you'd like to get across? Yeah, that's that's a really great question. Um, you know, I, I think I would love for everyone to see the athletes at the Paralympic Games in sort of two realms, right? I would love them to see them as athletes, you know, just incredible athletes who have worked, who are you know the best at their sport, you know, and are just amazing on um, what they do. But I'd also like them to kind of see the full picture of an athlete, you know? I mean, we like I, I mentioned earlier, we have guys who are, you know, C5 spinal cord injuries. These are guys with really serious impairment. Um, and sometimes, you know, you watch the games, you see the guy flying around, like, oh, that guy's awesome. He's so fast. And you see this other guy, you're like, why is that guy so slow? And I'm like, well, that guy is one of the fastest people in the entire world, given the function he has. And I, I would I would love it if people could, like I said, you know, I, I, I would love the embracement of the game, seeing the athletes, the athleticism, the amazing ability, but then really grasping the full spectrum of, of, of ability at the games, you know, and how incredible it is that, like I said, guys with totally different levels of function are able to be elite athletes on their own. You know, it looks a little different than, you know, we don't have a lot of LeBron Jameses, but we got guys who are the LeBron James of their, of their ability level, if that makes sense, you know? And I think yeah. that if I would love it, if people could really grasp that full picture of, of each athlete out there. I do not think I could have come up with a better answer if I had all the time <laughs> in the world. That, that, that's great. And, and, and that's, that's probably what hooked me and what, and maybe want to really reach out to some, some Paralympians is because of those things. And, and as a PT, yeah. like I'm in the middle, I'm, I'm screaming at the TV because I want the commentators, <laughs> talk about the chair, talk about the ski. How do they train on right. that? How do they, how do they attach yeah. that to their body? And they don't go into that enough for me because I'm a PT and I'm kind of in, in between those two things. Right. So I went back and forth. I, I, I was like, am I going to ask this question or not? But I'm going to go mm-hmm. for it. So would Do you, it. should we call, like, to me, you're an Olympian. That, that mm. like, to me, do you consider yourself an Olympian or Paralympian or, or like, it's just a word, but to me, I don't know. Like, you're right. the best in the world of what you do. To me, that's an Olympian. <laughs> you know, that, that's a, that's a really great question. And we, we, this is the conversation that we have within the Paralympic community uh, quite a bit. And I'll, I, I, I myself have gone back and forth on how I, how I feel about it. And I, I actually uh, prefer to identify as a Paralympian. I think that what I would love to see is the you know, the, Olymp- the word Olympian obviously means a lot, right? Everyone knows what that means. If you say they're an Olympian, you know that means you're the best at what you do. Um, and I, I think that Paralympian, it, it embodies a different set. You are the best at what you do in addition to having overcome some incredible physical challenge, you know, and that really varies. You know, I grew up with a disability. A lot of guys I play with had, you know, really traumatic spinal cord injuries or had um, 
you know, seri- you know, had birth defects and really had to battle through challenges of that. And I, 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 like I said, I've gone back and forth on it, but I've really settled on embracing the label of Paralympian because I think that if we can really embrace it and teach people what it means, it will give even more sort of, you know, uh, credence to our movement. And people will really embrace it. Wow, this person is an elite athlete. They're one of the best at what they do. They overcame all these incredible obstacles, and yet they're still doing this. I think that's really amazing. I think it's the kind of thing that can really capture you know, people's imaginations and sort of the possibilities of what's possible out there in the world. So, you know, like I said, I've gone back and forth, but I really embrace the label of Paralympian. You know, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's important distinction. And it, it's the more we educate people and tell them about it, they really grasp it and say, wow, that is incredible. Like that is a distinction that's important, you know? Thank you for that. That, that, that's a really great way to look at it. And, I, and myself, I went back and forth because yeah. I do, I do like the same aspects about that, that word and what it means, because that's, mm-hmm. that's really what a word does, right? It's supposed to convey right. meaning. And, and I like that. Yeah. I, I really, I really do. Uh, I appreciate that aspect. That, that that perspective. One thing, since I follow you on Twitter, and again, I think uh, I think people should follow along, especially as we uh, we head into Tokyo 2020. You uh, you answered. Oh gosh, I'm scrolling right now. <laughs> it was a question about. Oh yeah, uh, Lex Gillette. A guide trains with an athlete daily, and then he mm-hmm. and she is nominated to the Paralympic Games. So we're talking about a running athlete with a guide with them. Is the yep. guide also considered a Paralympian? And and Lex. Uh, was asking people to weigh in, Lex, on their Paralympian, and you chimed in, and I wanted you to be able to, to share your answer and, and then the background of why you thought that. Yeah, I, I said yes, right? I'm pretty sure that's what I was yep. saying. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I absolutely think that's the case. You know, um, it, the, the guide runner is a really incredible part of a Paralympians. I think that's another reason why everyone wants Paralympians. There's so many unique aspects to the games that you just don't get in the Olympics, right? You know, you have somebody who literally, Lex is blind and his runner just claps for him to do the long jump. He just knows when to clap. It's wow. incredible. But, you know, I, I saw Lex say that and it was like, you know, we we as Paralympians, you know, wouldn't be here without the support of so many people around us. You know, we have uh, strength and conditioning people, team leaders, all sorts of people really make an effort to make sure that, you know, our unique needs as, as athletes with disabilities are, is met. And I think that the guide runner is such an amazing example of someone who, you know, was an elite, oftentimes was an elite athlete at the Olympics, didn't quite make that level, but then has turned and dedicated their lives to, you know, helping another athlete achieve their utmost potential, you know, and they're training with them every day. They're out there running, they're racing. And to me, it was one of these things where it's a no brainer that person should be able to be a Paralympian. You know, they truly have put in the effort, put in the time, put in the commitment, and they really grasp what it means. And at the end of the day, they're out there on the track with them, you know, running right out there. And so to me, it was sort of this no brainer, like this person deserves uh, to have that level, that, 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 light, that label for the, the commitment they made, you know, because it is a commitment and it's a lifestyle that sure. um, by embracing that you, you, you've earned it, you know, it's the kind of thing that is definitely earned, not given. And I, I, I think that they just when I saw the question by Lex, I was like, this is no, no doubt, right? This, these people have earned this label. Yeah. Coaches for the uh, wheelchair rugby, do they get, do they get medals as well? Uh, coaches do not get medals. It's kind of a standard practice across all team sports, I think, as I recall, in Olympics and Paralympics. And I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of agnostic about that to a certain yeah. extent. I think our coach puts in as much work as we do in different ways. But, you know, he himself, I've talked to him about this. He says, you know what? My reward is you guys out there, you know, winning and celebrating victory. Like that's all he needs. And so, um, I think that's pretty cool, you know, and he gets, he, I think he'll, he'll take care of himself. We take care of him as well. Good. So, so uh, one of the last questions, last, uh, what, what color will the medal be in 2020? You know, the, the plan is gold. Man. There we the go. The plan is gold. <laughs> like I said, I, I've got, I've got the bronze and I've got the silver. I just, 
It's a whole much set. Much better myself with a complete set. Exactly. It's a whole <laughs> set. Uh, we do a thing on the show called Three Questions. Are you ready? Yes, sir. On the hot seat with three questions on the PT Pinecast. It's brought to you by our sponsors that help us keep the show on the air. Arius Medical Staffing. Chuck, they just they help PTs find jobs. I mean, you said you're a Minnesota guy. Now in Colorado, they, they have short-term assignments and long-term assignments, and they just let PTs, they can either go for a long-term assignment or they can bounce and go 13 weeks and just kind of explore the country while they do this thing that they love to do, which is PT. Find them online at A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Uh, mentorship, how did you? You transfer your license from state to state that's a pain they can walk you through that as well so uh ask them where they uh where can your career take you at aureusmedical.com uh first question for you if you if you were allowed to just go train and do wheelchair rugby anywhere in the 50 u.s states where's someone you haven't traveled to yet that you'd love to go oh that is a great question um wow you know, I would actually really love, and this 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 might be kind of an out out of the box answer. I would love to go to Salt Lake City and train. All right. I was I visited there very briefly, and it is the most beautiful city. It's at altitude. It's got mountains. Um, I'd love to spend some time there, actually. Yeah, it's pretty picturesque, and I didn't real. I traveled there for work. Didn't realize it was at uh, at altitude, and I went for yeah. a run and was like, man, yeah. I really need to get my yeah. butt in gear. It hits you. It, it hits hit you hard. You. You're like, oh. Why, why is waking up difficult? Yeah. <laughs> Second question on three questions is, what's something that you've read or watched or downloaded or listened to that really inspired you? Yeah, so this is this is probably my favorite thing. It's, it's pretty old at this point, but it's, it's something called The Last Lecture uh, yeah. by a fellow named Randy Pausch. And it's just this incredible sort of, you know, he called the lecture Achieving Your Childhood Dreams. And it was, you know, about a guy who was essentially dying of cancer, you know, and gave this lecture that was, ostensibly you know kind of this inspirational talk but it was really a message to his kids and he just has he has some incredible nuggets in there um probably my favorite is this line about how brick walls aren't there to uh to keep you out they're out there to keep out people who don't want as badly as you sort of this idea that you know you can achieve anything and there's going to be obstacles but it's up to you to get around them and i just the whole the whole lecture is amazing but that line in particular has always resonated with me yeah that that is one if you need motivation uh just head to youtube and type in the last lecture you'll you'll yeah. you'll get it in, in spoonfuls uh last oh, yeah. question on three questions is is a who who's someone the audience should know more about you know you stick you can stick within the world of, of the games of paralympic games coming up in 2020 who's uh who's someone mm-hmm. we should pay attention to so he's going to hate me for doing this. So I'm going to make sure he <laughs> listens to this. There's this, our athletic trainer on the national teams, this guy named Jim Murdoch, we call him dirty. Um, and he is just the most incredibly knowledgeable man on this face of the earth. I, I'm pretty sure he knows as much as any doctor. Um, and he is just takes care of, he's been with the team essentially since the early two thousands. And the guy is knowledgeable. He's clever. He's intelligent, incredible crew though. He's an athletic trainer at a bunch of basketball teams. He was with the he was with USA Boxing, and he is just a fascinating person. And I, 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 you know, we don't we always try to make sure our staff gets some love. And so I, I want to give a shout out to this Jim Murdoch. He's this incredible guy. Dirty Murdoch, love it. Dirty Murdoch, yeah. <laughs> All right, you're off the hot seat. Uh, three questions with Arius Medical Staffing again. You're looking to travel the country and do what you love to do where you want to do it. A U R E U S Medical. Dot com. Uh, last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. This is the parting shot. The parting shot is brought to you by Rock Tape. More than just a tape company, Rock Tape is a movement company. Tools and education for medical professionals. If you're looking to help your patients go stronger, longer, check out rocktape.com. It's an opportunity for you just to give your, your mic drop moment. What's the last <laughs> thing you'd want the audience to, uh, to remember uh, for this episode? You know, I think the last thing 
I'd like the audience to know is just that uh, the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics are right around the corner. And if you all out there go to, you know, go to your local NBC outlets, go talk to all the sports media, you know, and say, listen, Paralympics are coming. These are awesome events. We want you to cover them. We want to see these. We want content. We want to see wheelchair rugby. We want to see wheelchair basketball. We want to see track, et cetera. You know, if you all get out there and really drive it, the awareness and the, the, the coverage across the country, the United States is going to grow so much and it's going to be embraced by the world over and, you know, the, our country in particular. So I would just, I hope everyone can um, really push for that and drive to get that coverage because if, if they, if they know they want it, they'll make it happen, yeah. you know, and now, now is the time, you know, I'd love it if you all became biggest fans of the world of wheelchair rugby, but I'll settle for, uh, for Paralympic fanatics. Uh, definitely. Listen, man, I'm the first guy in line thinking we should we should have more of it. I mean, there's there's 800 channels. We could just let's just dedicate oh, yeah. one, right? We'll just give you guys yeah, an entire it. channel. And I'd be the first guy to sign up. I'd work for free. NBC hire me. I just <laughs> want to interview the athletes and talk about their 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 game and their, and their adaptations and their gear and stuff like that. So hey, if someone's listening, hire me. I want to be on camera, tell them the stories of you guys and your and your athleticism. So maybe, um, maybe we'll see you in Tokyo then. You listen, and I'll be there together. I'm not gonna say no to a trip to Tokyo to do that uh aoki five chuck is where you can find chuck uh on uh on twitter as he uh heads towards that goal we gotta complete that set man we definitely want to check in uh as we get closer to the games and maybe maybe like an after games report pre and pre and post game report uh after tokyo for you man absolutely man i'd be happy to anytime the pt pinecast is a product of pt pinecast llc it is hosted and produced by pt pinecast ceo jim mckay and cbo sky donovan from marymount university We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast supports Team Gleason, led by Steve Gleason. Steve played for the New Orleans Saints from 2000 to 2008. He will always be remembered for his blocked punt on the night the Louisiana Superdome reopened for the first time after Hurricane Katrina. In 2011, Steve was diagnosed with ALS, a considered terminal neuromuscular disease. It is his mission to show that patients can not only live, but thrive after this diagnosis. In doing so, he hopes to inspire others to do the same. Steve and his wife, Michelle, formed Team Gleason. Their mission is to provide individuals with neuromuscular diseases or injuries with leading-edge technology, equipment, and services. Create a global conversation about ALS to ultimately find solutions and an end to the disease. Find out more at teamgleason.org. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning. An innovator in providing advanced post-professional education, Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. Pinecast.com. Created by Build PT. 
Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.